Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your dude with Smooth Danny. I wonder how long we've been recording <laughs> Master Ceremonies Matt Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to part two of our Rob Zombie anthology. Yeah. We cover today we're gonna be covering the Firefly yeah. trilogy. I hope you haven't showered today. Oh, no, please shower more than these people. I really hope that you oh. just look like you smell like a corpse in a dumpster. <laughs> So, Take it away! (laughs) Rob Zombie really burst into the movie world with the start of the Firefly trilogy, House of a Thousand Corpses, which we didn't get into yesterday with our part one of this series. Catch it on our episode six. Also, subscribe. I forgot to talk about the Instagram yesterday. (laughs) Follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror horror podcast. podcast. I hope everyone likes the art. I yes. wonder who made that. I, I wouldn't know. Danny man. Hollander made it. Yeah. Um, we still also won't object to people that if you want to make like a fun like idea, like we just like art. Yeah. <laughs> like send us art. Yeah, please. Yeah, I mean we'll love it. Um, so now that we've done the end of the show, at the beginning of the show. Let's start this thing so, off. So <laughs> um, we kind of mentioned last time in when we kind of went over a little bit of Rob Zombie's kind of life leading up to his movies, uh, The House of a Thousand Corpses started as a... a house. Yeah, attraction. like a universal Halloween Horror Nights mm-hmm. got Rob Zombie to make a haunted house, and after the fact, he decided he really wanted to make a movie, and he was basically like, I'll just make it of that haunted house. And, you know, the story kind of came as he was pitching it, which yeah. is pretty sweet. Um, and... I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about the movie, but it's very much a haunted house. Like, the movie, like, you could see it as a haunted house. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, so, the House of a Thousand Corpses obviously gained a huge cult following, mm-hmm. and it kind of, I don't want to say spiraled, I want more, like, exploded into a, <clears throat> like, a horror cultural phenomenon. Oh, yeah. Especially, and which which spawned sequels, like, The Devil's Rejects, which in really was, yes, the mainstream hit, Devil's Rejects, mm-hmm. and then its uh, finality in of, the, of a trilogy in, in Three from Hell. From last year. Yes. Which so, got direct-to-DVD release, direct-to-shutter release? It had a limited theater um, release, like, select cinemas. Okay. They did, like... Uh, I read somewhere that they did um, like double features of The Devil's Rejects and Three from Hell. That would be weird. Which would be a, a weird night. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially um, if they hadn't seen either of them before. I that don't think a... anyone that would have gone to those ha- wouldn't have seen them. That's true. That's a good um, point. So, I'm, what I'm hoping this episode does is, I mean, in a perfect Sunshine and Rainbows world, that the people that listen to this episode will then be those people where they haven't seen them, but they're going to go to that street, that they're going to go to that double feature. Um, I like to think fancifully sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say, that may be thinking a little too, yeah. too broadly for these movies. So, these movies are, like, when people kind of think about Rob Zombie's movies... They think about these movies. They think about the Firefly yes. trilogy. They think about these characters specifically. 
Um, and the three movies uh, revolve around this like sadistic Firefly family. They, their last name is Firefly. They're not Bugs. Yes. <laughs> God, what a stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's we make ourselves laugh. You said you were tired. <laughs> um, so the the Firefly family, uh, particularly the three characters of uh, Captain Spaulding, played by Sid Haig. Uh, baby Firefly, played by Sherry Moon Zombie. Who else? Because she's in everything. And Otis Driftwood, who's played by Bill Mosley. Yes. So what I think what I want to do up top before we get into the movies is these three actors themselves. Yes. Because they are, they are these movies. They are Absolutely. like they carry these movies they, one thousand percent. The three of these actors have all three of these movies on their shoulders. Yes. It revolves so heavily around these three characters, specifically Devil's Rejects. I would say more Devil's Rejects than Three from Hell, yeah. yeah. On their shoulders. And they love these characters. Mm -hmm. Like, they, all three of them, uh, speak very highly of playing these characters. Um, And I think that they're the type of actors that they're the only ones who could have truly brought these characters to life. I would um, agree 100%. Like, I think you could mention, like, Baby Firefly or Otis Driftwood in the same breath as, like, Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, they, the actor and the character are symbiotic. Like, you cannot separate those two. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that, like, no one else can play the Joker, but when, like, we are talking about the Dark Knight, the that character of the Joker, out. like, that's... They That's are the one. Like, they are, like, one entity. Yes. Like, normally when you watch a movie, like, you can separate the character from the actor, mm-hmm. like, when you see them in other things. Yeah. When I see any, like, I mean, I've seen a lot, I've seen now all Rob Zombie's movies, mm-hmm. and oh, wow. Sherry Moon Zombie in all of them is just Baby Firefly. Like, she's that character so much that I, even when she's, Kicking even, butt in other like, movies. Even in Lords of Salem, where she's a very pivotal point to yeah. that movie and is a very different character yeah. from Baby Fire. Like in Lords of Salem or 31, when when she's not a monster. Yeah, she's like <laughs> a human being. Yeah. <sighs> so, um, I think we could kick it off with Cherry Moon Zombie. Um, obviously, Rob Zombie's wife. They've yes. been married for over 20 years now. Um, they were dating at the time of uh, House of Thousand House. Corpses. Uh, she... Met him at a party once. Like they, it's that kind of rock and roll sort of scene. She used to be a model. She was a mm-hmm. dancer. He started using her in his music videos, um, particularly the famous one, uh, Rob Zombie's "Living Dead Girl." Look it up. It's a killer music video. It's a great song. Um, Sherry Moon Zombie is the living dead girl. Um, also, to kind of speak to Rob Zombie's horror nerddom. The whole music video is like a total one to one homage to like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Like an old oh, school, like. Man. I, I don't. I think it's a Bella Lugosi movie. It's either Bella Lugosi or um, like Marlon Brando. Like yeah. it's an old school, like black and white horror film. It might even be a silent film. Um, but okay. it's, it's straight up that. So once she started showing up in his music videos, she showed up in. Houses of a Thousand Corpses. She went on to obviously reprise the role, Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell. Um, she's been in every single one of his movies. Yes. Um, 
uh, ho- the Halloween movie. She's um, she's Ju- uh, what's her name? Judith. Judith? No, that's his sister. That's his sister. Deborah Myers. Deb Myers. Yes. Deb Myers. The, mo- um, the mother of Michael Myers. Yes. She's obviously Heidi in Lords of Salem. A little bit more prevalent than in the old Halloween. Well, she's in the original Halloween for five seconds. That sounds yeah, because she just yeah. shows. I really want to talk about. Deborah Meyer specifically when we do the Rob Zombie it's Halloween. It's going to be a very interesting day. I, I really am excited for that one because it's, again, because we're being positive, all we're going to talk about are the merits of it, and I think that there's enough to justify, like, the episodes about just these oh, two movies. I would like, they have agree. a lot of positive things. As much as, Having like, the, only seen you know, one of them, well, I like, I think agree. it's that kind of remake argument. Like, there's a lot of, like, sort of, like, horror elitists who kind of hold up, like, the original movies as, like, gospel, which is fine, but I don't know. I feel like just kind of hating something because it's not the original is kind of stupid. Yeah. I mean, there's other things that exist in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand you have a great deal of nostalgia, some twisted childhood nostalgia for this, like, adult horror movie, but sure, you can have those connections, and it's just a lot kind of sadder when people defend that as like man i grew up watching this i'm like why i'm so, it's a it's a bad movie like i'm more i'm mainly talking about the child's play movies but it's like Ugh. people love chucky and i'm like sure Chucky's but like it's fun. it's not like not... it's not like art okay yeah. like it's you know i mean the last two get close i will i'm not saying like the makeup effects and the special effects and the, the puppetry is not art that's very impressive i'm talking about the movies themselves yes the writing like whatever it's not about that um so obviously she was in lords of salem she yes. was in el super Bisto, she was in 31. 31 so she's been all over the place and um, despite her like scream queen status, she it, apparently, ironically, does not like horror films. Really? She's kind of like Jamie Lee Curtis, where like yeah. she hates horror films. Like they'll be watching them at home, and she's like, "I'll cover my eyes," or like I'll like kind of hide behind like my husband oh, when we're watching I them. Love that. She also like isn't a super huge fan of acting. Like she likes being oh. in movies because Rob's doing them. Yeah, but well, I'm sure it helps them keep. Close yeah. together. Well, and she's kind of his day. muse. She's obviously his muse, oh, and, it, and it works um, because they kind of feed off of each other. It's mm-hmm. not like a Yoko Ono situation where they're like, hey guys, let's just start using my girlfriend and things. It's like, Jerry Moon Zombie brings a lot to everything that she does. Oh, yeah. Especially these movies. Unfortunately, these movies. <laughs> um, <sighs> so, yeah, like, she would get, uh, like, she gets offers to be in movies all the time, and she turns them down. Like, the only other oh, movie shit. that she was in that wasn't Rob Zombie's was a Toby Hooper uh, movie. Like, a directed okay. directed DVD movie. And she only did it because she knew that Rob and Toby were friends. And she's okay. like, you know, I'll, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she used to be a dancer. She's kind of been in this kind of underground art scene for her entire career. She's this big cult figure now. Um, and, I mean, is a... Gem. She's a she's sweet. Great. She's so. She's a very sweet woman. Well, one of my favorite things that I got to watch about Rob and Sherry yep. the Zombie this past week is I watched a video of the two of them going through a haunted house themed after House of a Thousand Corpses. Well, after the movie had come oh, out. Oh, yeah. And so Sherry Moon Zombie was able to have some fun with the actresses who were playing her character in the haunted yeah. house. And if you saw that, she was terrified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, was she was terrified of the haunted house. house. Which is so cool, um, because Rob Zombie kind of had like this kind of tongue-in-cheek remark about that, where he's like, 
well, it started out as a haunted house that Universal wanted me to do, and then they wouldn't give me money to finish the movie, mm -hmm. and now they want me to make a haunted house based on the movie that they wouldn't pay me to finish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of fun that way. So the other kind of big member in the triad is uh, Bill Moseley. Bill Moseley. Who plays Otis Driftwood. Bill Moseley's been around horror forever. So um, breakout role in Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre, Massacre 2. 2. Um, which he basically made a fan film about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Toby Hooper, the director, saw it and loved him so much that he cast him in this I movie. I love that. And, I mean, in interviews about um, Massacre 2, he's like, I would have done anything to be in this movie. <laughs> he's like, well, they were like, hey, would you mind shaving your head for like the, that prosthetic oh, you yeah. have? And I can't remember specifically what he said, but... Essentially, the effect of, you know, I would shave my ass and crawl backwards on my hands and knees. I, I would do anything to be in this movie. Um, he's also been in Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, which we'll get to one day. Um, Tom Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead came out in the 90s. And the special little place in my heart for, for Repo the Re Genetic Opera. Repo the Genetic Opera and Devil's Carnival. Devil's Carnival. Um, which I think is cool because that kind of shows his connections with like the underground like rock scene. Oh, absolutely. Cuz apparently he's been in a band with Buckethead. Is he really? Yeah, like he's done a lot of like work with Buckethead specifically. Huh. Buckethead, I also like when I was doing research about him like he's done music with everybody. Mm -hmm. Like Guns N' Roses, I can't remember any of it. It was crazy like associated yeah. acts. Like he'll just play with and like all these weird people, people that you wouldn't even think are musicians. Mm -hmm. Like it was crazy. Um, like he would, pro he provided music for like Mortal Kombat, you know, um, like he, he's like scored several, like, uh, he did like, I think Saw 2, he did some music for, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, so I had a fun story about Bill Mosley, uh, mm. on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 on the set. Uh, he said, I was hanging out in full chop top gear between scenes and I noticed a well-heeled woman with a little boy. The boy saw me and clung tightly to his mother's leg, and she patted him on the head and said, Don't worry, Johnny, he's not real. He's just an actor wearing makeup. I approached the mother and son, smiling, leaned down, and whispered in the boy's little ear, Don't believe it. <laughs> it's not like when you had that, that Pennywise story where he's yeah, like, You're scaring me, and he's like, That's It's my, my job. job. This is a lot more like what I would do where it's like, Yeah, man, I'm real as you want me to be. <laughs> like, super <laughs> creepy. Um... On the more positive end of things, he kind of was talking about um, acting in in general. And he was like, as a college student, I never thought in my wildest dreams that acting could be my career. I come from the Midwest stock, railroad people, and the idea of pursuing an acting career was akin to running off to join the circus. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I landed the part of Chop Top in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, 12 years later, 12 years after I graduated from Yale. That it occurred to me that you could actually make a living at a pretty good one doing acting. So, especially with a lot of our friends who are very nervous about making it in the the entertainment business, like Danny, for instance. Um, Twelve years after he graduated college, like I don't know what he was doing in college, but it was not acting. No, he just saw this movie and really liked it, mm -hmm. and you know. Someone took notice. Yeah. Like, I mean, all these stories of people that, like, are making art, it's either they're grinding 
a thousand percent of the time when people are like, stop grinding, and they just kept mm-hmm. going like Rob Zombie. Yeah. Or there are people like Bill Mosley who just did it, and someone they just they they just really admired their passion. Yeah. And I mean, like, life's not over at the end of college. No. Like you know, people start like their careers way into the middle age, and. Absolutely. You can be Bill Mosley. Like, you can just be, like, a breakout hit when you're, like, already in your, like, late 20s or early 30s. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's acting. I mean, he's still acting. He shows up in a bunch of different, like, you know, different horror movies. Um, Speaking of a bunch of different horror movies, the third member of the Firefly family who shows up in all the movies is Sid Haig, who plays Captain Spaulding. So, up top... Sid Haig passed away uh, a, a, almost exactly a year ago, yeah. um, five days after wrapping, like, ap- not after wrapping, after the release of Three, uh, from, Three Hell. from Hell. Um, so, and the day after we had watched yeah, Devil's Rejects. We watched so Devil's Rejects. It was the first time I saw it. Yeah, and then that literally he died, he died day. that night. Yeah. But it was, so Sid Haig's career is prolific. I could even find some key role, like... He's been in hundred, not hundred, over like 130, 140 different, you know, projects he's he been associated been with. Solidly for fifty one yes. years, and he never stopped. He was yeah. always doing some TV show, some movie, you know, something. And apparently, by the time that House of a Thousand Corpses came out, his career was like on the decline. Oh, and obviously, with the success of that movie and the character. His career was reinvigorated. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, going to horror conventions, doing oh, yeah. any kind of, you know, smaller budget or, like, not as well-known horror film, like, where, like, the draw of the movies that Sid Haig is, is in it. I mean, the majority of that show, Hollis and I was showing you, is that mm-hmm. they were just getting, like, anyone to, like, be in their movie or, like, to yeah. say something positive about it. Um, and something that I did find is that, like, he... It also looked like he was also pretty close with... Um, Tarantino. Because again, really? like Rob Zombie, Tarantino is one of those people who just grew up in the 70s and mm-hmm. just makes movies about, about the era. 70s. Yeah. Um, or like, and uses people that he grew up watching. Yeah. So like, he's been in Jackie Brown, he was in Kill Bill Volume 2, he turned down, he turned down the role of Marcellus Wallace in Pulp Fiction. Really? Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine Sid Haig being Marcellus Wallace? Really interesting. It's been crazy. Um, more recently, he's done the Night of the Living Dead 3D remake. He was in Bone Tomahawk. Um, he's also, I don't know how much you know about this, but he's an avid fan of the band Twisted, which is like the like right-hand band of Insane Clown Posse. So it's in that oh, okay. Juggalo world. So, which I think is kind of it's kind of cool that like Captain Spaulding was it's a Juggalo, a which is band. awesome. Um I mean, he's done so much was his legacy, especially within the genre, is crazy. Absolutely. And having um him attached to these movies has made them timeless and him mm-hmm. timeless as well. Uh I mean Rob Zombie has said that where he's like, you know, I loved him and a lot of people my my peers liked him, but young people had no idea who he was. Yeah. And I'm glad that he gets to live on through them and by extension forever, which is very, very sweet. So 
I guess we should go ahead and get into the actual franchise. Let's do this. So, just to reiterate, kind of like how we talked about yesterday, these movies are not for the faint of heart. They are very crass. They are very graphic. There is some very intense sexual violence situations in these movies. I would say the most tame would be House of a Thousand Corpses. Just because... It is, which is saying well, a lot. Well, I mean... That's not to say that it's it's okay, <laughs> but it's it's very um, again like it feels like a fun house. I mean, we'll yes. get into it a bit, but the way that it shots the weird like intercuts of like weird music video type yeah, like Rob videos. Really like to use his music video. Yeah, this movie feels like a music video. Like it yeah. kind of does feel like a music video. Um, I couldn't really find where a lot of that came from. I think that was just his own touch. I think so. Because uh, yeah. um, for all three of these movies, I mean, all three are written and directed by Rob Zombie. Yes. He had a hand in almost every facet of making them, every single department, down to editing. I was like, he loves editing his own movies. I mean, because he... Which I don't blame and him And he's made himself like a jack of all trades because mm-hmm. he's... Ben, like, he's really good with costumes, makeup, uh, cinematography, mm-hmm. writing. I mean, every aspect of making the movie has his stink on well, it. And I think that really is a testament to him as a creator mm-hmm. for these movies, is that he does take such a personal take in every single aspect. You know he made these movies how he wants them oh, to yes. be. There is no studio interference that's going to Fuck with that. Until Halloween. Until Halloween <laughs> but with these movies yes, absolutely. So, obviously, he's been at the top. He's he's kept his team for these movies and with with all of his movies yes. very close. He's the absolutely. same people. Um, Tyler Bates did the music. Uh, he's done all the music for most of Rob Zombie's movies. He's done work on 300, uh, Samurai Jack, Californication, the John Wick franchise. Yes. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of fun because um, did you know Rob Zombie has a cameo in Volume Two? He's just like one of the crew yeah, members. He's in one of the. I think like, that him and James Gunn are friends. I think so. Like, cause they use kind of the same like they know the same people at least. Mm-hmm. Like they're in the same circle for sure. Um, so these also uses uh, Andy Gold, who's the same producer. Uh, yes. He's produced the first two movies. He's done every other Rob Zombie movie. For the most part. And he also produced American Satan, which is a movie that I know is basically the same sort of Rob Zombie energy, where it was a bunch of, like, rock stars, like, people I listen to, like, mm-hmm. people from, like, Ask Alexandria and Blackville Brides and, uh, oh God, I can't remember where the drummer was from, but, like, a bunch of people that were really into music and their actor friends, like, John Bradley from Game of Thrones and Mark Boone Jr. from Sons of Anarchy are all in this movie. They basically were like, let's just make a movie... Like, kind of like a fantasy rock star movie. Okay. And they made this movie. And I'm glad to see that he, that Andy Gold was attached to it because it definitely shows that, like, you know, rock, like, artists, like, differing, you know, types of mediums. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, movie stars are doing rock bands, like, kind of like with American vampires or uh, uh, Hollywood vampires. Yeah. Um, And then rock stars are doing movies like Rob Zombie and, Mm -hmm. and these guys. So it's cool. Um, Wayne Toth has done makeup for almost every single one of Rob Zombie's movies. And it's it's some good stuff. It's crazy good. Um, I also found out he also did stuff on Halloween 4, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Um, he did stuff on The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones' Last yes! Crusade. Bride of Reanimator, Army of Darkness, Jason Goes to Hell, Puppet Master. Um, and also the Amazing Spider-Man movies. 
Transformers, oh. and Predators. So this guy's like legit. Right. This guy's legit. Yeah, he's on. He's like everywhere. Yeah. Um, so they have the same crew, and we've kind of mentioned before that Rob Zombie also uses the same actors. Yes. So what we're gonna do is for each of the movies, we've kind of established you know the main, the main three, three who are in all of them. We're also gonna do um, each movies which people specifically are just in those movies. Yes. So for Houses, we've got Rain Wilson Rain from The Wilson Office. Of the Office fame. Dwight Schrute. Yeah, Dwight Schrute. Like, what was it? Two, this is shortly before This is going to be like a year or two before two The Office. It was two years before The Office started. So out. it's, I mean, and he plays a Dwight Schrute. I mean, this guy's like a total square. Ugh. Um. Also, Chris Hardwick, who's mm. a famous, Um. he does that like, um, What's that weird website? The nerd, nerd, oh, the nerdist. The nerdist. He like yeah. runs the nerdist. He's done like Talking Dead. Mm-hmm. He's got a kind of a face and a voice and a personality you want to punch. And he's yeah. kind of he again <laughs> plays the same character in this movie. Um, does a great job. Yes, the two of them are, are fantastic. And then uh, Aaron Daniels is, uh, I believe, that final girl. I believe her name uh, is Jen. It's something. It's hard because by that point in the end of the movie, I can't tell which one of the girls is which because they're all covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've also got uh, Walton Goggins, who's uh, in everything from like Justified to Community, <laughs> um, Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, it's pretty sweet how he gets to kind of pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing that's kind of interesting about this movie is because it's mainly people that Rob Zombie grew up really liking. Uh, a lot of the cast has since passed away. Yes. So for just this movie alone, you have almost yeah, I think you're ten people that oh, are wow. that have passed away. Um, Harrison Young, who plays um, the final girl's father, has yes. passed away. Um, Tom Towles, who is the sheriff, mm-hmm. is dead. Um, the grandpa character is also dead. Yes. Um, so is the mother, Karen Black's character. Uh, she was. She didn't show up in Devil's Redux because of a um, a salary dispute, mm-hmm. but did pass away soon after that. Um, Dennis Fimple, uh, Erwin Keyes, and Matthew McGrory, who plays Tiny, uh, who's also been. I mean, from the late '90s to the mid 2000s, was the giant in yes. everything. He's got. Uh, I believe Marfan syndrome, so he's yes. got that long, like he's very, very tall, mm-hmm. you know, very hollow chest. He was in Big Fish, Big Fish you know, with you and McGregor, yeah, uh, My Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of showed up, and he's got the super deep voice, like yeah. he's a very scary voice, big, big guy. Um, he also passed away, like I, very soon after this movie came out, uh, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of plots how would you describe this movie so house of a thousand in like two sentences (laughs) um so i guess the best way to describe this movie in my opinion is a group of like college-aged 20-somethings um find out about this guy named dr satan as like a country myth and like back roads somewhere and they're like hey we're going to go find out where that is. What do they find? And they find trouble is what they Nothing find. but trouble, perhaps? <laughs> you really had to shoehorn that in here I, today. You know, yep. After watching that one last night. Oh, man, man, Nothing But Trouble's a great movie. It's, it's not, it's but <laughs> it's a weird movie. It's not quite as bonkers as this can be sometimes. Yeah. But, so they find a lot of trouble, and they find the Firefly family when they need tire help. Yeah. 
and oh man, does all hell break loose for these people. So yeah, Rain Wilson, Chris Hardwick, and their girlfriends are traveling cross-country writing a book on roadside attractions, and they stop on Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Mad Men. And fried chicken. And fried chicken. And uh, they're introduced to him on his murder ride. They mm-hmm. they hear tell about Doctor Satan, who's a local legend, and they insist they have to go find him. And uh, you know they pick up a hitchhiker on the way, who's Ooh, baby, Firefly, baby Firefly. And she brings him back to her place because their tires get shot out. And, yep. You know they find out that they're not actually gonna leave. No. <laughs> They sure are. Um, so yeah, the Firefly family made up of Otis Driftwood, who's Bill Mosley's character, Baby Firefly, Mama character. Firefly, who's Karen Black, um, Grandpa. Oh, I don't remember his name, but he just—he's a self-styled comedian who just yeah. kind of screams a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Tiny, and who's tiny. not tiny. He's very large. He's, large <laughs> he's very big man. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of spirals into, you know, these people eventually are kind of harassed, tortured, and eventually murdered in various ways, specifically by um, the Fireflies and Dr. Satan, who they then do who find. Who they find, who still is yeah. working. That's the whole, la- the whole last 15 to 20 minutes of that movie is where I would say it becomes a haunted house. Like, yes. it doesn't have to make sense. It's just kind of a bunch of weird, wiggity, Ooh. like, spooky stuff. Um, what helps me, I mean, from what we've told you, what, what I kind of hoped is that up top we would talk about the actors, go over their lives, show that they're real people, because humanizing these characters is impossible. certainly helps when you watch the movie. Yes. I mean, if you can kind of, you know, if you look at Otis Driftwood, I mean, pontificating at a bunch of, like, bound up cheerleaders, you can just know that, like, He's a super cool guy, like, loves music, you know, he, like, he's got, like, kids, his wife shows up in Three From Hell, yeah. like, he's a good guy, and Sherry Moon Zombie's the same way, where she's a super, like, she's scared of horror movies, so you can have that when she's, you know, doing weird when baby firefly stuff. Messing <laughs> with people and yelling at them and yeah. threatening them with knives. Um, but I think that, and then Captain Spaulding is kind of, he's not really a bad guy in this movie, he's just kind of there. He's just kind of there in this movie. He's a very Rob Zombie type character, and yes. I think that, um, Captain Spaulding's roadside attraction, like that whole opening scene, and into when the kids end up kind of hanging out yes. at it, perfect example of Rob Zombie's, t- like, type. And I think that, like, if you want a taste of this movie... You can kind of watch like that scene, or you know, kind of get a feel for what the movie's like. I mean, I mean, even like the the opening scene is another thing. It's one of my favorite scenes, like one of my favorite horror movie scenes, where he's just he's it's whole, trying to it's, bug yeah, him. they're trying he's, to rob him. He's like making fun of it's him. it's great. It's so great. Um, the soundtrack of this movie also Rob's is awesome. Hand picks each song for his soundtrack and wrote in yeah movies. and i think in this one wrote, wrote most, most of it himself of it. i mean the the title track like the title sequence is a his song called house of a thousand corpses yes which is awesome it's great i love that song i, I put it on that playlist for you to listen yeah, to to did. get into the mix um and i think it's cool because that like this movie is a vibe like i think what's cool about it is the vibe because it it mixes classic and like vintage Halloween spookiness, like the decorations that are at the Firefly House, like those weird masks that they wear. Yeah. It being the '70s and on Halloween night, and like and then the movie clips, like they're kind of intercut. You know that mm. creature feature, like kind of uh, 
you know, Vincent Price type character, like the beginning, who's doing the movie r- breakdowns. And then the mixing of that and like real raw horror mm-hmm. is a very cool vibe. And it, a lot of times the movie's legitimately funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, not even in like a dark sense. Like, it's just kind of. People chuckle. I mean, it's a fun oh, movie. Yeah, there's some. There's definitely some fun moments in it. Yes, um, and I think that it's good because by the point, by the time that there's any actual real violence in this movie, it's kind of eased you in with how absurd it is. Yeah. So that you're not as. I mean, I won't speak for everyone, but I mean, at least the first time I saw it, I mean, I was shocked. But the yeah. second time, I was like, no, nah, this is actually kind of a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, because you can kind of get warmed up to, you know, obviously it's going to be a horror movie that's kind of twisted, but it kind of exists in this freaky, like, funhouse type where it's almost not real. Yeah. You know, it's not grounded. I think that's a big testament to this movie specifically of the trilogy is that this one is the one that kind of, like... Hold your hand for a little bit before it's like, woo, yeah. we spooky. It's like a haunted house where yeah. like it leads you through, it scares you, and then it kind of brings you back um, until the end where it's just weird stuff after weird stuff, and then yeah. like it's over. Like it's like you stepped out of the haunted house and it's done. Yeah, these it's just it's have just very over. Abrupt ending. Yeah, there's like you know you're done. We're good here. Which is cool because um, and I'm glad that we touched on the the fun house element mm-hmm. because the devil's rejects is grounded it is very real it is raw it is viscerally real like i the analogy i think when we watched devil's rejects um i kind of went into like house of thousand corpses is like halloween town from Mm -hmm. nightmare before christmas where it's very like it's at night everything seems creepy and spooky and then i've always thought about that those scenes in the in nightmare before christmas that are like during the day and it all just looks so wrong and dirty and kind of, like, it's more scary because it's, like, it's the day. Like, you just see it in the light without the lens of, like, the wonder and, like, vibe of Halloween. Like, House of Thousand Corpses is a great Halloween movie. Yeah. Devil's Rejects is not a Halloween movie. No. It's just, like, just crime. It's just a crime movie. It's just a very intense yes. movie. Um, and it, I'll get into it with the backgrounds, but Rob Zombie, uh, when he first made it, had to stretch and, like, condense and cut so much to keep it at an R rating. Yes. Um, he cut five minutes from that hotel scene to make it an R rating. God, that hotel scene. Which will, I don't know if we'll talk a lot about it, but that's rough enough already. Yeah. Um, so, casting for this movie, you've got, um, William Forsyth is the sheriff. Uh, William Forces shows up in, um, I know for sure, Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's terrifying. And he's terrifying in a very, like, when I think of a, like, abusive father character, mm-hmm. in just, like, his eyes are scary. Like, yeah. him just staring at you in silence is scary, and then he'll, like, mutter. He's got that, like, Texas accent, so he'll be like, what you're looking at there. Like, it's a very slow, menacing tone of voice. And he's, like, supposed to be the good guy. (laughs) Like, hunting down the firefly. I mean, obviously, he's not a good guy. He's not a good guy because he's doing it all out of revenge. Well, he's... Because they killed his brother, brother. and he's like, I'm gonna kill them, them devils. Like, it's like... I'm like... Good, but like once like, you're done, do it that way. like when like once you're Whoa. done, you maybe you should leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Ken Foray shows Ken up Foray. in it. Um, Ken Foray is a big part in the in the end of that movie. He obviously showed up in a bunch of other Rob Zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, his character is kind of a comic relief. Yeah. Um, once they're done doing horrible things and they all kind of meet up at his like bordello, mm-hmm. and he's got that scene with Otis like you still an asshole, and they're all like just kind of like they're having a good time. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, okay, so it's kind of not as bad anymore. I think it's okay now. Um, so like Les- Leslie Easterbrook takes over as Mama Firefly from Karen yes. Black. Um, Jeffrey Lewis, uh, Priscilla Barnes, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, my champion uh, himself. And wrestler Diamond Dallas Page. Him and Danny Trejo are like those bounty hunters that work mm-hmm. with the sheriff. Um, they've also got appearances, special appearances by Michael Ferryman, who's that guy from the very striking visage of that guy from The Hills Have Eyes. Yes. Um, and uh, PJ Souls shows up, obviously from Carrie and the original mm-hmm. Halloween. She's in my favorite scene in that movie where Captain Spaulding uh, <laughs> has to commandeer this clown, this uh, this car. car for a secret clown business. <laughs> Man, I love that. Scene. That's my favorite scene, and it's great because it's like right in the middle of like horrible stuff. It's like I think it's hilarious. It's a nice little comic break between some really horrendous yeah. things that are happening, and he's just making. He's just having yeah. time skipping. Like, he's run, he run out of gas. Like, he's, he's trying to meet the... So, obviously, House of Thousand Corpses, they've kidnapped and murdered these kids. Devil's and Rejects... Yes, the Devil's Rejects is the cops chasing them. The cops have raided their house. They've killed most of their families. So, Baby and Captain Spaulding and Otis are on, on the, the run. run. And they all got to meet up with each other. And Captain Spaulding is on their way to meet them, but his car runs out of gas. Mm-hmm. And he has to commandeer a woman's car, and her son's in the front seat, and he's just, he's just like scares this kid out of the car so he can leave. <laughs> and it's the funniest stuff. Oh, man. Um, so you've got all of that going on. You've got um, kind of in between uh, the Fireflies doing bad stuff, you've got... Uh, William Forsyth's sheriff just spiraling into insanity like driving himself nuts to try to catch these guys Um, like he finds out all of their pseudonyms are like Groucho Marx characters Mm -hmm. uh, which I mean I didn't know but I think that's cool and and a testament to Rob Zombie being a freaking nerd (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think the difference in casting especially like with these characters it makes them a lot more real and less Mm -hmm. like fun house caricatures yeah um, and I think it's a testament because they cut out Dr. Satan for this movie. Originally, Which is honestly for the Well, best. and I think that it, it stands to like, Dr. Satan is a, it's, it's the fun house, haunted house thing. But to see him like literally in a hospital bed during the day yeah. breaks that illusion. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why they cut him out. I would agree with that. Um, there's a lot of weird like slow motion editing yeah, Rob Zombie's <laughs> a huge fan of using slow-mo shots throughout his movies. It's very prevalent. I, I really noticed it in Three From Hell. I think it's worse in Three From Hell. Yes. But yeah, it's definitely there. Um, I think it's... A really good thing about this movie is... Um, you don't get a lot of Captain Spaulding in House of a Thousand Corpses. You get way more of it in this movie. In this one. And especially you get to see him interact with... Otis and Baby. Yes. Um, which you did not get at all yes. in House of a Thousand Corpses. So, kind of skipping over 
the hotel scenes, but once they are all together and they're good, they are driving and Baby's like, "Hey, can we stop for ice cream?" And Otis is just like, "No." He's like, "No," and then Captain Smalling's like, "I want to get some tutti fucking fruity." <laughs> you know that was ad libbed. <laughs> I looked it up. That that whole thing was just like ad libbed, and I really that. want to think that like a lot of these lines that are very kind of coarse. I mean, they this movie set a record for f bombs. Um, it's it was anywhere from two hundred and twenty four to five hundred and fifty. Um, it was it held the record for a long time. So yes. obviously, if you have a problem with the f bomb, don't, don't watch, watch any Rob Zombie movie. No, ever. they use it like it's the third word out of their mouth. Yeah, it's because it normally is. These movies are very crass. <laughs> but I mean, it's like those, those kind of lines that they're still kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Like even even in the midst of Otis. Like threatening these two men, and he's like, "Well, consider me William Willie fucking Wonka, because this is my fucking chocolate factory." <laughs> it's like, it's a funny line, and it doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, I mean, Otis himself. I mean, he's got silly lines, but he's also got very intense lines, yes. especially when he's killing those men. And I mean, he's like, "You know what? Pray, pray that I won't kill you." Like, just do it. And he's kind of taunting him. We're like, oh, no, I feel it. I feel it. I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's work. And it's like, ooh, okay. It's, like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's that kind of that edge that this movie has that Houses doesn't. Yes, this movie is definitely a lot more grounded, a lot more real in the terror that these three people bring about. And I think we, just to cap it out, is to, at least to reference it, um... There's a particular scene in this movie uh, at the... So, Baby and Otis are meeting up with uh, Captain Spaulding at this hotel. And while they're waiting for him, they just get bored, essentially. And yeah. they decide to just torment Torn. and murder this, like, band. Yeah, this room of people. Um, I mean, they're it, it's just very graphic. It's very intense there's mm-hmm. you know sexual violence in it there's not i mean i mean it's, it's assault but i mean it, it's not what i mean it, it i feel like it could have been very very bad i feel like that's probably what they it cut out been worse um but not by much i mean truly and i mean even when they were I mean, if you end up watching this movie just keep in mind like during the the when they were making it all the actors were very cl- they were very comfortable with each other. Yes. They all were like, you know, this is... I mean, Bill Mosley even, like, he's like, you know, I turned to Rob and was like, Rob, this is pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, even they know... Um, but I mean, obviously, they're... They really admire Rob's passion. So they yes. do this because they're like, well, this is the kind of movie that we're making. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I don't think any other director should make scenes like that because no. I don't feel like they care as much as Rob does. Yes. Um, so I think that in all in all, I feel like this movie is entertaining in the, when it's very like the characters get more to do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more kind of funny scenes and like that, like guy that's like, you could have fucked these chickens. And he's like, yeah. why do I look like a chicken? Fucker? Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the humor is a lot more kind of like, I think it's just because you just watched like your soul leave your body mm-hmm. that you're like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> Um, and I will say for yeah. Devil's Rejects, as compared to as compared to the other two movies in this trilogy, I think this is the most solid ending of any of the movies. Yes, which which is okay. Is, so <laughs> is kind of a problem based on what happens in three from. It's Hell. a bit of a sort of a spoiler, but I mean the movie doesn't end 
with what you would think would be a setup for a third movie. No. I'm, we're just going to talk about it. Okay, the movie so, ends with a police blockade that they are yeah. the Firefly trio are driving towards armed up while Freebird is playing Freebird you know, playing that's blast and they run up they drive and over there they in a firefight and they are shot yeah, they get yeah. shot and then the movie ends and the there's over. no ambulance nothing they are just riddled with bullets and dead like they are they dead are definitely dead so and then there's three from hell in 2019 yes. three from hell they're not dead they're in coma they were d- very close, and then they got medical treatment, and, and then next thing is first, then they had a trial and they went to jail. Yes. Um, where they were for 10 years, I think that's kind of matched up, because the first movie, or Devil's Rejects, came out in 2005. So, so over 10 years has elapsed yes. for Three From Hell. Um, the explanation has been kind of refuted by a lot of fans. Yeah, it's dumb, but... It, you weren't going to get another movie if you didn't play ball. Yes. Because I really don't want a prequel. Like, that yeah. would have been dumb. Well, especially considering that these actors are getting older, considering it had been about 14 years yes. difference between these movies. So, I think up to... Just because it's at the beginning of the movie. So, originally Captain Spaulding was supposed to be, you know, obviously a huge part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sid Haig's waning health did not allow that. Yes. So, um... It came to pass that, um, you know, Rob was getting ready to film. You know, Sid Haig was obviously very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, apparently Lionsgate was going to shut down the whole movie if Sid Haig wasn't in it. Really? So he got together with Sid and he did one day of shooting, mm-hmm. got one scene out of him. I mean, even the movie, he looks very sick, very, very tired, tired, very old. Um he gets a he gets a very solid performance, and then they kill off his character. They yes. they they execute him. Off um, screen. Yeah, and like by lethal injection. Yeah, and that's like the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um. Because, and so then Rob was kind of left with, okay, well, I need to make this movie still. Yes. So, after shooting three from hell, Sid Haig received a letter of thanks from an executive at Lionsgate Films. Who thanked him for signing on to do the film because if he had not signed on to the project, they were going to cancel the entire film. Without his permission, Rob would have never gotten to make it. They cleared him to work for, it says two days, but I think the second was only reshirts. But they only worked for a few hours um, because his role had been written down to just four pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and... What happened after that was, okay, well, Rob had this whole movie where a th- the three Fireflies were going to go and, you know, raise hell. Yeah. And he ended up writing and creating the character of Foxy, who they got Richard Brake to play. Richard yes. Brake from 31, who plays Doomhead. Yes. Um, and I think it works. It really I, does work. I would absolutely agree with that, especially considering that it is a rewrite. I think it works for what Rob Zombie's initial plan probably was. Yes. I think it works to fit in this new character. Into the already um, talked about and developed yeah. Baby Firefly and Otis Firefly. And I think what they did that Devil's Rejects failed to do was they fleshed out the characters a lot more, particularly in their prison scenes. Yes. Like the three of them have specific prison scenes that kind of, they're all very Manson like. Mm-hmm. Like they all behave very like ludicrously. Um, they're talking very grandiosely about the situation. Um, 
I mean, Otis looks like Charles Manson in when he's in prison. Yeah. Um, he's, like, pontificating about how he's, like, you know, he's just this kind of, like, scared, like, straw man argument for, like, people that just want to get rid of weird people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Spalding's interview, he says essentially the same stuff. I mean, and to the point that, like, by the time that Manson died, he looked very much like, uh, like Captain Spalding in prison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Baby Fireflies lost her mind in prison. Insane. I mean, she has a parole hearing scene, which is almost verbatim what happened with Charles Manson, where, mm-hmm. you know, they asked him, like, what would you do, you know, if we let you out? And he, she's just saying nonsense. Yeah. To the point where they're like, prisoners denied parole. And she goes, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, this is kind of an expected yeah. thing for her. So once they all get sprung out of prison... Yes. Um... The movie follows a very similar pattern. Yeah, as as, as Devil's Rejects, which is okay. I think yes. that's fine. I think that Richard Brake's character brings a lot more to it. Yes, I think that's what really separates yeah. the two movies is his introduction and his integration into the movie. And I think that his role already kind of was going to, like, like Captain Spaulding was already going to be kind of a backseat character. Because, mm-hmm. like, Foxy isn't doing a whole lot when yeah, even when they're just kind of chilling, like he's not, he's just there. Yeah, he's not the main focus. <clears throat> so I think that the big kind of blow was that the Captain Spaulding wasn't supposed to do a whole lot. He was just supposed to be there so that they could use Sid Haig. Yeah. Like they could use different, they could, you know, bounce character dialogue off him. He could say things. Um, but now that he's gone, Rob Zombie's character is like, well, I already, I wrote a backseat character to just be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I might as well cast Richard Brake. Yeah. You know, to kick butt at it. Um, and like you said, like, it follows a very similar path to Devil's Rejects, but it's, it feels like a more polished one. Like, the lighting is better, it seems like it's shot more, like, sleeker and more modern, Mm -hmm. the color scheme is not as, like, dirty and decrepit, it pops a lot more, which is cool, like, it's more enjoyable to watch in that sense. Well, yeah, and I think that really had to do also with the fact that they had this time jump so he didn't have to... Make us all be like, yeah, it's the seventies. Yeah, it's, it's dirty. It, it like Texas in the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Now it's later on, and she and Rob can really try different things with it, and not have to feel so constrained. Yes, absolutely. Well, those are. I mean, I think that as a whole, so like Three from Hell. The, what I think is my favorite thing about it are the prison scenes, and then the scenes when they're in Mexico. Everything in between that. that is. You know, same as Devil's Rejects, which yeah, is okay. It's I mean, another it's another treading of that same familiar. So I mean, as nothing as well. really stands out a whole lot, mm-hmm. but the scenes that do stand out are the very unique Three from Hell scenes. Yes, where they're which in is prison. The beginning of the movie and yes. the end of the movie. I mean, they're they're in Mexico. They're hanging out. Um, mm-hmm. It's the first time that like, I I enjoy the Fireflies as characters when they're not just being monsters yeah like just because they're criminals doesn't mean every second of every day they have to be like trying to destroy people's lives yeah um like even in devil's redux they're they're together for like four minutes before they go to the bordello and in that time they kind of loosen up and it becomes a lot more relaxed in this though they're doing that but they're also talking I mean, they mentioned they're like, you know, I miss Cutter. Like, it's Captain Spaulding. And yeah. I, it, that moment kind of does feel very sad mm-hmm. because it's just kind of like out of nowhere. They're like, I miss him. Well, and honestly, I think the fact that since they were so close when they were working on the movies, yeah. it feels like that's not just the characters. That is the actors genuinely being like, 
Man, I miss Sid Haig. Well, and that's where I feel like it gets to me is because they're speaking about, again, like Captain Spaulding and Sid Haig as they are one person. Yeah. So when they, in their characters that they have like completely bonded with culturally, speaking about another person like that, it's very like... You know, Otis and Baby talking about Captain Spaulding is Sherry and and Bill talking about Sid. Sid. So, I mean, I think these movies are worth the watch just for Sid Haig's legacy. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite character in all three movies, for sure. I'm ups- obviously upset he couldn't be in Three from Hell more. Um, which is why I always like to watch House of a Thousand Corpses, because the scenes that he is in... Are memorable. They're quotable. Absolutely. They're always gonna be. I mean, they are this new generation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the series as a whole, obviously, if it's not, it's very intense. It won't be your cup of tea. But yes, there are a lot of very good things in them Mm -hmm. that I think are worth it just for that. Yes. So you know, get a group together, watch it. You know, grab you know people like us who are like tough and scary who will watch anything with you. (laughs) Watch it in the middle. And you know, like we'll talk with you during those scenes, and they won't be as bad. And then we'll just kind of point out you know other stuff that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Watch them in the day, please. Don't watch it in the middle. Um, so yeah, that kind of wraps up these movies. Yeah. Uh, we got a little business to attend to. Yeah, we do. So this week on our Spooktober list, we have today's pick is the remake of the Amityville Horror starring Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. This movie's awesome. It's, it's so such a great fun. movie. Ryan Reynolds legitimately is scary in it and it's awesome. Yes. Um, tomorrow, Monday, the 5th of October, we have The Babysitter, starring Samara Weaving on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I know that there's people that have not seen either, because there's just a new one that just came out. just released a new sequel. Uh, I haven't heard anything about it. I know the first movie is hilarious. It's way more of a comedy than a horror movie. It's, 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 you would love it. Everyone loves it. It's amazing. On Tuesday the 6th, we have Insidious. Um, which is a great uh, contemporary. So I'm actually thinking because we had that on the list because originally it was on Netflix. Is it not on now Netflix? Now we, well, we were looking the other night for for Kelly. Right. Things keep moving. So you know what I propose is that there's gonna there's other movies that are on streaming that are just as good. Um, I had it in my mind. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, so. Just check our Instagram on that day. We'll have come up with a new movie. Also, more reason to follow us on Instagram. The The Underhurst Square Square Podcast. Right now, on Wednesday the 7th, we have Sinister. Sinister. Which which was or is also on Netflix. If anything, Sinister 2 is on Netflix, and you don't need to see the second one before. Like, you don't need to see the first one before the second one to understand what's going on. If you can find find the first one, it's awesome. It's great. Uh, Perks of the second one, though, is that the main character, Deputy So-and-so, was adult Eddie in the chapter 2. So, he's great. Um, on Thursday, the 8th, what do we, get? we have Elvira. I am so excited to watch Elvira. I, oh, I <laughs> want to do an episode all about Elvira one day. Oh, I sure love her so much. Can we get Elvira on the show? Well, I don't know about that. No, we, oh man. Someone reach out to Elvira and let her be on our show. I love her so much. On Friday the 9th, we have the Adams Family. Yes. The famous... Spooky, spooky yeah. family. We kind of 
had a good break. Like, I like that our Fridays, like Thursdays and Fridays, are normally, like, not as serious. Like, breathe a little bit. And then on Saturday the 10th, we have Uncanny Annie on yes. Hulu. So, quick bit about it. So, Blumhouse, the production company that makes most horror movies nowadays, yes. um, has a deal with Hulu that every month, I think until recently, for obvious reasons, they released a different, like, short movie. I mean, it's a whole movie. It's like, a, mm-hmm. like, a, they're, like they're like hour, 10 minutes, hour, you know, they're like anywhere from like 70 to 80 minutes, the standard. Um, it's a different horror movie, different concept, different everything, based on whatever holidays or goings on are in that particular month. So Uncanny Annie is the hot, is the October movie of 2019. It's very good. It's very Blumhousey in the in the best ways. Yes. Um, I loved it. I know that Into the Dark is kind of like like the rest of the company is very hit or miss. Some of them are really good. Other ones are not. I haven't seen all of them. I should because I don't want to speak as an authority about if I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but that will be then. But also. Friday, the October 9th, is the release of Haunting of Bly Manor, which is the second season of The Haunting of Hill House. House on Netflix. So we will be putting out a bonus episode sometime that weekend after we watch the first episode just about that. It will just be thoughts about it. Um, We won't be doing background about the series or anything because Saturday we're going to be doing an episode about the first First season. season of The Haunting of Hill House. And like we said last time, it's going to be, we are going to spoil it, because I have a lot of thoughts about it yes. that make me feel, and you need to have watched it before that. I mean, or just don't listen to it until you watch it. I really hope this motivates people to watch it. That end yes. is drop the second season. The Haunting of Hill House is so great. It is fantastic. Mike Flanagan made it. He's, we love Mike Flanagan. And, I mean, it's, it's scary, but it's also character-driven. It made yes. me cry. It was so great. Um, I'm very excited to watch this week. Yeah, so, da- so while we're doing our picks for Spooktober, Danny is going to be cramming for the Haunting of Hill House exam <laughs> at the end of the week. So, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. And I really, hope, I really hope that these two episodes have inspired people either to watch Rob Zombie's movies, um, listen to his music. He's a great artist. Um, he's especially great for this season. He's very He makes a lot of spooky music. Also, I mean, just as... An artist. Like, there's a lot of people that listen to this that are um, our friends who are in the entertainment, that want to get into the entertainment business. And Rob Zombie is what I'd be like, is the ultimate cult artist, where he really is passionate about something and he made it and people loved it. Mm -hmm. And he didn't care if people were going to like it. He's like, I'm going to make this and I know someone will like it. And that, uh, that energy attracts people, especially like his casts and his crews throughout all of his movies. A lot of them the same people because they truly believe and love. So working with someone with that with that energy, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. At least if, if nothing else, you can take that away, and hopefully yes. that inspires you to keep continuing with whatever art you're going to be doing. Yes. Um, so we mentioned it before, but Rob Zombie has a bad habit of going out of his very intense movies on I'm the like, opposite music. I'm a little light guitar. So I want to go out on how the Devil's Rejects movie ends. All right. So it's not Freebird, but it's the, it's the song that's going to be over the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Seed of Memory is what it's going to be. All right. <laughs> and you stay spooky Dig out there, my friends. Burn through the wind.